Hello, 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 my beautiful lovelies. It's me, everybody's favorite blonde bombshell crossdresser. It's Miss Chardonnay. And this is my show, Pour It Up. I got a bottle of wine with me. I got the mics all set up. I got some juicy celebrity gossip that I can't wait to dig into with all of you. And I got my makeup ready, the wig is on, I'm feeling my fantasy, and then I realized that radio is not a visual medium, so none of you can see this. But that's, again, probably for the best. <laughs> we all know it isn't good to keep things bottled up, so consider this podcast your new therapy session, because I'll be having a drink, I'll be spilling some juicy celebrity gossip, and I encourage you to join the tea party. Put a kettle on the stove, get yourself comfortable, or just forget about the tea and skip straight to the wine. Like me. Because I have a wonderful drink of choice today to get in the mood for this show. My drink for this episode is a lovely bottle of Chardonnay. That's me! With the wonderful name Fat Bastard, I mean, if the shoe fits. <laughs> and right here on the bottle it says surprisingly full-bodied. Again, if that ain't the truth. <laughs> it does feel a bit like a personal attack, but then again I can't disagree with that assessment. So here we go. Let's pop the cork and feed the children. It's actually good. It's quite good. It's a thumbs up for me, definitely. It'll do the job. Uh, by the way, this isn't sponsored by Fat Bastard, I just like wine. But uh, if you're listening, Fat Bastard representatives, uh, feel free to pay me in cash or wine, and I'll gladly be the new face of your brand. All right, let's dig in, because as some of you who are familiar with Uva Radio might know, I have been previously the host of a pop culture podcast on this lovely radio station with my dear lovely friend Jenna. But unfortunately, she had to move back to the UK, and uh, now it's just me. Which isn't a problem, because trust me, honey, there's enough personality to fill several studios up in here. But this means we had a couple of weeks where we couldn't cover what's been going on in pop culture, and things have been piling up. The media machine wasn't taking any breaks, and so time to catch up. Let's dig right in. Celebrity culture. We'll be covering everything from what the celebrities have been up to outside their regular jobs and then look into what's new in music, television, movies. And then finally, we have some awards to give out. Back in the day when I had the podcast Take the Cake, at the end of each episode, we would choose which of the celebrities we talked about would take the cake because we liked them or what they did over this week the best and then which celebrity uh, would be uninvited from this tea party. Exactly. Nobody wants to hear that sound. And while cake was a fun metaphor, I do need to watch my calories to not be as surprisingly full-bodied as the bottle suggests. So I'm just going to stick with the wine and work that brand. So the celebrity I like the most each week will get a refill. 
And if you've sorely disappointed me, you'll be going down the drain. Exactly, but that's for the end of the episode and I got some cute little segments in between to keep y'all entertained. And we're going to begin with celebrity culture because people have been taking no breaks, especially in the bedroom if we're looking at the Jonas Brothers. They're on tour right now as we speak. I have friends preparing for concerts today and Joe Jonas is apparently expecting a baby. Well, technically, he isn't his girlfriend, Sophie Turner of Game of Thrones fame is, uh, but he, I'm sure he contributed his part. And now it's nine months of fun ahead for her. Happy for them. I gotta say, the Jonas Brothers love them, all three of them good looking. I believe there's a fourth one that nobody really talks about. Can't relate. <laughs> uh, I did have a suspicion when that video came out for Sucker last year. It was the three Jonas Brothers and their respective girlfriends and wives just having a good old time. And I was like, this looks a little bit too perfect. I was like, I give them a year and one of them's gay, the other one's divorced. Uh, but now he's expecting a baby, so proved me wrong. Love to see it. Now to one of the juicier bits, because we have nine months to hype up that little baby girl or boy. But why does it have to be one of the two? Because, honey, we all know the gender binary <laughs> is something we're going to leave in 2019. And on that non-binary train, we have our legend icon star, Sam Smith. A while ago, Sam Smith did this uh, Instagram post saying, after a lifetime of being at war with my gender, I've decided to embrace myself for who I am, inside and out, and came out as gender fluid and saying my preferred pronouns are them, they, and uh, not he, him, his. So I uh, changed the pronouns, which within the LGBT community we know about. So uh, we are more familiar with it. Some mainstream audiences might not be. And that's exactly the issue at hand. Because Sam has said that they've had many people misgender them. Even after that statement, we don't know if it's intentionally or not. It's just unfortunate, and um, they've uh, issued a statement, Sam has, saying um, it takes time, everyone messes up, I'm probably going to be misgendered to the day I die, which is honestly tragic, but then in a way sadly realistic, because uh, some people just claim to be too confused to really get into people's new pronouns, but I think other people just don't want to believe it, People say, like, oh, there's a man, there's a woman, there's nothing in between. Like, you can express yourself artistically any way you want, but at the end of the day, you're still one of the two. To this, I have to say, especially in the entertainment industry, people give themselves the most ridiculous nicknames and stage names. I mean, people called Flavor Flav, Flavor Flav for decades, but you can't switch the pronouns on Sam Smith. I mean, give me a break, honestly. If people could refer to Prince for a couple of years as the artist formerly known as Prince with the whole acronym going along with it, I think people can refer to Sam Smith as they, them. And I do think we should all try, especially because 
using the pronoun they as a singular pronoun instead of plural, because that's a big argument. People are saying, oh, but then it's going to be confusing because they implies that there's more than one person. But honey, no, actually, actually you're wrong. Back in the day, they, <laughs> no pun intended, has always been used, well, not always, but for a long time, been used uh, to address one singular person. Let's go back to Shakespeare, Hamlet, 1599, referred to singular people as they or them. Jane Austen, Pride and Prejudice, 1813, they, them, used to talk about people in the singular form. And the thing is, back in the day, they were used for stage directions if the director wasn't sure if the actor in question would be a male or female. So it was used as a pronoun to describe somebody regardless of their gender and just be an umbrella pronoun, so to speak. And that's exactly what people want nowadays. Not male, nor female, but something in between, something beyond. And uh, I think they, them is actually a great pronoun. Obviously, everyone's entitled to use the pronouns that they feel represents them the best. But there's um, linguistics professors who've pointed out that pronouns like they and them are likely to catch on easier than other pronouns, which uh, are original words like the, them, just because they, them are already pre-existent in the English language and therefore uh, won't feel as foreign and strange and aren't new words to learn. So that might be a benefit of using them. And um, just using them in a sentence uh, has the potential to reduce mental bias because you won't automatically assume that the person you're talking about is male if you use, like, there, there's this linguistics professor who uses the example of saying, my child is going to go to uh, his teacher and show him his homework. And then uh, it's just, you assume, yeah, okay, by default, I use the male form. Let's just assume that people are male. But then we are kind of a bit past that. So let's let's try using they, them for people who either we don't know their gender identity and we haven't asked yet, or people who just say we want to be referred to as they, them, because I genuinely believe it is not too much to ask. And in spite of people still misgendering them, I want to say Sam Smith, <laughs> Sam Smith, well, here comes the queen with the lisp. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> Oh, enough with the applause and laughter. Oh, people, stop it. <laughs> mm. That's quite enough now. I'm feeling mocked. <laughs> uh, because Sam Smith has not only recently released a new song, but they've also opened a pop-up wig shop in London. And honestly, I have to say, if <laughs> releasing new original music and opening a wig shop in London isn't the definition of living your best life. I don't know what is. Sam Smith, kudos to you. Proud of you for being yourself. Somebody who maybe <laughs> should reconsider speaking their mind as much because I'm not as proud of them is Wendy Williams. I'll say this. I enjoy watching her show. There's a lot of drama and celebrity goss, so it's very similar to what I'm trying to do here. But Wendy Williams. Okay, here's the tea. She always brands herself as being a big LGBT and queer ally. I remember she even hosted uh, uh, the 
cast announcement for one of the RuPaul's Drag Race seasons back in the day, or like a backstage commentary show and interviewed some of the girls. And it was just evident that she didn't know their names and she had little to no drag knowledge, which can't blame her for that if it's not her thing. But then, honey, don't brand yourself as the drag expert who's going to do behind the scenes coverage because you're just not it. And you can say as many times as you want, I'm a queer ally and friend. But then there's statements like this one last week, where she was talking about Valentine's Day, which is a fictional holiday <laughs> in front of Valentine's Day, where you uh, celebrate with your girlfriends. And she was like, well, this is a female domain. And some men cheered when she said Valentine's Day. And she shut them down saying like, you're not part of this, even if you're gay. Stop wearing our skirts and our heels. You'll never be women. You'll never be the women that we are, no matter how gay. And obviously, people have um, taken offense to this because, uh, well, she said some more things and it came across as a bit of almost transphobic because, because she was like, oh, um, men will never know uh, what it is to be a woman if they don't have their period. But honey, trans women are women too. And... Not all of them get their periods. So check yourself before you wreck yourself because you're on a sinking ship with your opinions. And uh, I'll call my friends girlfriends if they're gay men or if they're women because we love and appreciate each other and it's a term of endearment. Some people don't like it, some do. But if I say, ooh, girl, I'm going to say, ooh, girl, because I think being a woman is empowering, which is why in drag, I love feeling my female fantasy because I love women, I love female form, I love femininity, and I love expressing myself through it. And for me, that is the biggest compliment I can make to women all over the world. And uh, maybe you should try seeing things in a more positive manner, Wendy, for the future. Because it's all about women empowering women. So why do we tear each other down? And why do you tear gay men down? When you, the gays love you, try canceling the gays. You will be canceled before the year is done. Well, going to women empowering women. We had the Oscars and we had Natalie Portman showing up in a dress with the names of female directors sewn into the seam. And I looked at it and I was like, honey, yes, give that message of strong female representation in a still sorely underrepresented domain in Hollywood. But then somebody pointed out to me, yes, well, while the message itself is very good and necessary, um, Natalie is kind of walking the walk and not talking the... No. <laughs> well, here's... I wish, no. She's talking the talk but not walking the walk. So this is a publicity stunt to give her good attention, but then she is the founder of a production company that has only ever hired one female director, which is herself. Every other director in her company has been male. So Natalie, you're part of the problem, hun. <laughs> Step it up. We love the message. Yes, more female directors acknowledged in Hollywood is what we want, but you are literally in a position to change that. So get on it. I believe you believe in the message. But then make it happen because you can. You have influence. You went to Harvard. You're smart, smart cookie. You'll understand. I believe in you. And believing in people at the end of the day is the most empowering thing. Which brings me to 
one of my favorite power couples in the entertainment industry. It's Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union. And their beautiful little daughter, Zaya, recently came out as trans at age 12. And the nice thing, because sadly that still isn't the norm, the family was as supportive as they could have been. They've all embraced her. Dwayne Wade was on the Ellen show saying the day that Zaya came out as trans, they were nothing but supportive and said, we love you, we'll stand behind you 100%. And now Zaya's older brother has posted a beautiful Instagram tribute to Zaya saying, I'm your biggest fan, I'm your best friend, I'll always have your back. And this is the vibe and environment of support and love and understanding that I wish that every trans person on this world could have. And if you're out there listening, I love you. I'm here for you. Join me on the show as a guest. And I hope there's love and acceptance all around it because all around you, because you deserve it. We all deserve it. Especially people who might have to go through a struggle to find out who they really are and live their truth because it isn't always easy. Sadly, it also isn't always easy because there is still a sore lack of trans representation on television, especially in one of the queerest shows on TV, RuPaul's Drag Race. Season 12 is dropping in a matter of weeks and the cast was announced and while there's fierce queens in there, love them all, excited to see what they bring, where are the trans girls? Where are the AFAB queens? I mean, it's assigned female at birth. Drag is much more than a man dressing up as a woman. We get it. It's a nice transformation story. I'm a man dressing up as a woman. Many drag queens are, but <laughs> it's limiting yourself so much because just in the Amsterdam scene, there are so many fierce queens who aren't men dressing up as women. It's drag kings. It's AFAB queens. It's the trans girls and trans boys and the non-binary performers. And that, to me, is one of the most enriching aspects of getting to know the, the queer and drag community because it's just so vibrant and you learn so much and it really like broadens your mindset because you're like, oh, look at them really playing with gender and just being beautiful and fierce beyond gender. And I think after 12 seasons, RuPaul, it's time. I know you've brought some girls back for all-star seasons after they came out as trans, so Neek and um, Gia Gunn and Peppermint was on the show, but apparently there was a condition that they couldn't have transitioned when they were on the show because it would give them an unfair advantage. Honey, <laughs> from what I've seen, what the trans girls and AFAB queens bring on stage at a drag show, <laughs> there's no unfair advantage. They work just as hard and sweat and work their asses off, padded or not. So, honey, season 13, I expect trans performers. Let it be known. What is fabulous about season 12, though, I will say this, are uh, the guest judges. We have a stacked set of celebrities that are going to be joining Rue, Michelle, Carlson, and Ross on the judging panels. We have Robin. <laughs> Love her. Also the Robin song, lip-sync song, all-Stars Season 1, Raven vs. Jujubee Dancing on My Own, one of my favorite moments from the entire show's history. We have Jonathan Bennett from Mean Girls. His hair looks sexy pushed back. We have Chaka Khan. She's every woman. Whoopi Goldberg. Ooh, Molly, you're in danger, girl. We have Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. We love political representation. 
again, people not only talking the talk, but walking the walk and really embracing the queer community. And AOC has done so for a long time. We have Winnie Harlow, wonderful, beautiful top model with vitiligo. We have Jeff Goldblum, who is a meme, a walking meme, and a great actor. Normani, who, when I first watched the motivation video, I was obsessed with her, I hasn't stopped. And we have Nikki Minaj, Mrs. Patty herself is joining the premiere episode. This is such a strong lineup. I think one of them is going to be in each episode because it's so many of them. I genuinely can't wait. It's not even all. There's more. There's, there's Leslie Jones of SNL fame. The list goes on and on. It will be a good season. One thing that would have made it better would be more trans and non-binary representation. Do better in the future. I will still be tuning in to what feels like 17 seasons coming this year. We have Celebrity Drag Race, All-Star Season 5, Season 12, Drag Race Canada, Drag Race Australia, Drag Race UK Season 2. Honey, <laughs> I'll be glued to my TV screen, but then again, <laughs> that's nothing new. Especially because there's a lot of other things in television coming out. Stranger Things is back with Season well. <laughs> Honey, I'm a German queen. We can tell my accent is really kicking in because I've had half of this wine already. So, um, excuse the lisp. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'm very funny. Stranger Things is back with a new season. Season four is going to be partly set in Russia, I assume, from the trailer. I'm excited to see it. I will say I feel like the show has gotten a little bit repetitive like mid-season two, like it's always kind of the same thing. There's a new threat and then the monster's coming back, but it's even bigger now. And yeah, we'll see where it goes. I did like the queer representation in Robin's character in season three. I hope um, she'll maybe get a love interest in season four to show some gay love in the 80s. We love to see it. Talking about beloved things becoming repetitive, um, Netflix dropped to All the Boys I've Loved Before Part 2. P.S. I Still Love You. I watched half of it and then just really lost interest. In my opinion, it really is not as good as Part 1. I think it might also be the fact that I've grown tired of Noah Centineo. Don't get me wrong, a beautiful man, I could watch him, there's pictures of him for hours on end and maybe have done so before in the privacy of my own home. However, he seems to always play the exact same character in all of his movies, whether it's through all the boys of love before one and two or it's um, Sarah Burgess is a loser. It's just always the same or the, the one where he plays like different characters going on a date with people. I feel like you've seen one, you've seen all. And apparently he has a five-movie contract that ties him to rom-coms with Netflix where he plays the, the teen heartthrob. But also he doesn't look like a teenager anymore. And ugh, yeah, I don't know. I might finish To All the Boys I've Loved Before too if I have nothing else to watch. But then there's always like reruns of Law and Order SVU on, on Amazon Prime, so I might just switch to that. If nothing in this movie really grabs my attention, which it kind of doesn't. 
and the third movie is already in the works, so I already know what I won't be watching <laughs> Valentine's Day 2021. <sighs> but that's okay, because there's good content, especially on Netflix, I must say. They have dropped some boringer, more boring, boringer, so, uh, movies and shows like the ones I just talked about, but there's also Sex Education Season 2. And I will say, this is something that really surprises me. Season 1, I had to find my footing watching it because I thought it was just a really strange show. like Not, not bad, just really strange. I couldn't place it. I was like, is this set in the 70s? Is this set in present day in the UK, in the US? Like, it, everything looks like 70s des interior design and clothes, but then... They all have smartphones, but apparently this is intentional to make everybody relate to the storylines, no matter where they're from, no matter how old they are. And I think that's a beautiful message. And there were a lot of beautiful messages in the stories of season two. Beautiful gay storyline with a character with a French accent explaining how douching works. <laughs> and I had several friends message me saying, like, is this thing? Do you do this? And I was like, honey, you've lived a very simple life as a straight person. You don't have to think about these things. But yeah, you want to clean that chute before you put in the flute, if you know what I mean. So yeah, I uh, love that. Spreading awareness about cleansing your bowels. And um, also this story about bus harassment, where then the girls all recount the stories of times they've been sexually harassed or assaulted and it's just really powerful because it happens more than you know and many people are just so ashamed to talk about it because then victim blaming ensues and so I'm I'm happy that uh, sex education kind of put that topic front and center and showed people it's okay there's ways to overcome it you're not alone and don't let it break you because sadly there's some fucked up people in this world who will try to take advantage of people so Sex Education Season 2, if you haven't watched it, I definitely recommend it, especially for for the before-mentioned French gay exchange student because he is a certified snack. And yeah, it's a good show. Season 3 has been announced, so now this I am excited for because I feel like this has a lot more to tell without getting repetitive like some other shows. Talking about movies, uh, there's not that much to talk about because Oscar season is just over, so the big buzz has kind of died down. Still happy about that historic win for Parasite because I watched it and thought it was a great movie. And um, Joker, you see now this is somewhat of a hot take because <laughs> everybody I know watched Joker, loved it, said best movie they've seen all year. I finally watched it. I thought it was a good movie. I thought Joaquin Phoenix was phenomenal. The movie wasn't the best I've seen. It's it's a good movie. It's it's it, it didn't change my life fundamentally. That being said, I'm I'm glad it didn't win best picture, but I think it was very well deserved win for best actor because I think especially Batman and Joker are like characters that have almost been overplayed because there's so many Jokers. I mean, we had the iconic Jack Nicholson in the '90s. I think it was the '90s. Yeah, yeah, and when. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze. And then we had Heath Ledger, famously The Dark Knight, where he won the posthumous Oscar for it. 
and Jared Leto in Suicide Squad, which we don't talk about because it was awful. And now, finally, Joaquin Phoenix. So I hope there won't be any Joker-related movies for a couple of years now because I do feel like it's been a bit overdone. But he did a great job. Credit of credit is due. Will I watch the movie again? No. Will I remember his performance fondly? Probably. Yes. And uh, Robert Pattinson, speaking of the Batman universe, is the new Batman. I'm not really that much engaged in it. Just just like the Joker, I feel like we don't need a new Batman movie in the next couple of years. We've had Christian Bale in the Dark Knight movies. I liked I liked this trilogy and then Ben Affleck I didn't love in the Batman vs. Superman. I think nobody really liked that. Not even Ben Affleck himself. Now we have Robert Pattinson who I was reluctant about. The pictures look great. Let me see that. Let, yeah. The pictures look great. He is clearly worked out. He looks fab in a bad suit. Not mad about it. But again, like Noah Centineo, I would hang the post up in my room. I don't need to spend 12 euros on watching him on screen. So maybe I'll wait for that to hit Disney Plus in 2023. <laughs> Another hero that keeps coming back in spite of people somewhat losing interest is James Bond. But luckily, the producers have waited a couple of years since the last James Bond movie and then the new one is about about to drop fairly soon, in a couple of months' time. No Time to Die, fairly regular James Bond title, I feel. And um, the title song is sung by, by Billie Eilish. Which, yeah, if you've listened to Take the Cake, you know I'm not her biggest fan. I think she's very talented. I just don't really get her image because it's just very mumbly and, and like subdued and low energy and the whole aesthetics of of her outfits I don't get it but then also I think it's not for me to get I'm an old school kind of girl I like my Britney I like my Cher I like my Madonna love Ariana but I think I'm slowly losing touch with the younger generation, which at age 24 is shocking, but then also um, not really that much. So Billie Eilish, she seems to be doing well for Bond song. I don't know, especially because I feel like the Billie Eilish target audience and the James Bond target audience are almost diametrically opposed. I don't think there's really a lot of people who love both. I might be wrong, but I will say the song in itself isn't bad, but it just lacks energy. It's called No Time to Die, so everybody look it up on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube. I wish it had a little more of a punch to it because I'm just missing. I'm just like, just feel like passion. I want to feel passion. I want, I want like a Shirley Bassey. I want an Adele, like the really strong, deep, heavy Bond songs. And Billie Eilish's song just isn't doing that for me. But uh, that's all right, because I'll sit through these first four minutes and finish half of my popcorn and on nachos. Munch, munch, crunch, crunch. In other music news, because <laughs> contrary to what I've said before, there are some songs that I like, especially, which is one of my new favorites, the new Pussycat Dolls song. I couldn't be happier that they've reunited. I've always been a big fan. See, this is the old school music I love. And their new song called React. Love it. Here for it. Been bopping to it almost every day. Strutting my way through the streets of Amsterdam. 
lip syncing along to it. I love it. React by the Pussycat Dolls, my favorite recent song. Might stay that way until <laughs> Rihanna finally releases her new album, which we've been waiting on for what feels like years and probably is years. All right. Well, we're at half an hour already, but before we get to the crowning ceremony, who's going to get a refill and who's going down the drain? We are going to look at somebody who, well, isn't really up for the nominations, but I've just enjoyed them because... (laughs) As you might have noticed, I'm kind of out of touch with the youth and Billie Eilish and the likes. But I decided to download TikTok uh, and I can confess I don't understand it. And I think it's based on where you are because it shows me a lot of like German Dutch uh, videos that I don't understand. I don't really see the full appeal. It's just confusing to me. I keep swiping. Apparently, the more videos you watch, the stronger the algorithm gets. But then I watch YouTube compilations of funny TikToks because I was a big Vine fan back in the day. And I still don't understand why they ever shut Vine down because I thought it was fabulous. Anyways, I scroll through TikTok and I see like the video compilations of like uh, like the best gay TikToks or like, like hunky shirtless men who are probably underage doing fun stuff in front of the camera. But then I'm like, ugh. How do I find these videos? Because all I see on my TikTok is like middle-aged German women making videos about cake with like an offbeat laugh track in the background. And who uses offbeat laugh tracks in their background? (laughs) I know, right? So I did find one person that I enjoyed on TikTok and their name is Adam Ray OK. And you've probably seen videos of that shared on Instagram because it's this guy. Well, let's call him a queen because I think uh, what he does can be considered drag. And who am I to decide who or what is drag? Well, anyways, moving on <laughs> because this is a rabbit hole. So Adam Ray, okay. Dons his character up rosa. Contours his face. Setting powder on the face. One lash <laughs> on the one eye is up. The other one's going down. If you look it up on YouTube, it's a very unique and recognizable face. <laughs> and he has this character of Rosa where he just speaks like the girls he grew up knowing in um, his middle school days. And again, I don't fully understand them, but I do find them to be very entertaining. There's this one about Rosa finding out that her eighth grade period partner is gay. Jewel, come here. You're gay. I fucking knew it, dude. You have like a boyfriend or what? Oh, it's so cute. I knew, you know how one knows you? Because you'll be looking around and shit. That's so cute. A lot of people will be scared here. A lot of people will be scared and I'll name them. And I'll name them. (laughs) I don't really see the appeal, but I do... Well, that's not true. I see the appeal. I just can't explain why it's fun to watch. And maybe if I watched more of these videos, my algorithm would pick it up and um, deliver more fun content like this to me. Uh, I like it. Well, here's one other one about Rosa asking you for a dollar to buy a slushie. Oh, finally you're here, bitch. You got a dollar? So I can go get a slushie. You're fucking lying. Let me see. Open your purse. 
I see it right there. Give it. Give me your dollar. I need just today. So it's weirdly relatable. Uh, also, it's much funnier if you actually watch it with the video. So type it into YouTube, Adam Ray, okay, Rosa, and then compilations will show up. It's really relatable because I feel like I've had conversations like this with people. And it's just baffling to me that this is how people like make money and get get into net famous by posting absolutely random and strangely specific videos like this to uh, TikTok. And also TikTok itself is problematic, people, because it belongs to China and they censor LGBT TikToks. But apparently they haven't censored and Ray OK, thank God. And me liking him gives me hope that I'm not completely out of touch with <laughs> the youngsters of today. Well, anyways, let's go to the finals. Because we... I'm going to crown our winner and our loser of this week. Having looked through pop culture of the past week, who is going to get a refill? And who is going down the drain? Let's start with the refill, which uh, <laughs> might be a problem because I have finished the wine. Uh, but I'm sure here, uh, I'm sure this person has enough money to buy themselves many bottles of wine because it is Sam Smith. <laughs> no, I was going to go for this <laughs> because it's not funny. It's just commendable. People keep disrespecting them, but they pick themselves up, dust themselves off, open a wig shop. It's what we all can aspire to be like one day. I'm happy to see it. Sam Smith. Kudos to you, drink to forget the haters, and most of all, celebrate your authenticity. Cheers to you. Now, who is going down the drain? I'm not going to say Billie Eilish, and I'll say why. Because, as I said, not my thing, but undeniably talented, and I think has great things to come. And just because I don't love it doesn't mean... It's not good or not worthy. So, Billy Eilish, keep doing your thing. Excited to see what you do next. Maybe I'll grow to like you. Like, I grew to like Adam Ray OK. And uh, who's going down the drain is actually Wendy Williams. Still working out the, <laughs> the kings of the soundboard. I'll get there eventually. Well, Wendy, uh, do better next time. Take this trip down the drain as a learning experience. If you're going to brand yourself as an airline, as a friend to the LGBT, com LGBT community, you better stock up on your knowledge. Don't be disrespectful to gay men, to trans women. Just try to lift other people up instead of tearing them down. Trust me, it can be fun. Anyways, people, that is my show. Loved having you here. Tune in next week for Pour It Up with Chardonnay. And I'll probably have some guests on the show too because I'm excited to see um, what other people think of pop culture and make it less of a monologue and more exciting to listen to. So I'll hope to bring new people into the studio next week. Talk to you all next time. And until then, bottoms up.